It's a football podcast. Oh, the NFL offseason never ceases to chill out. Uh, I'm Safi Dean, joined by Tyler Dragon. We are NFL Insiders with USA Today Sports Plus. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of It's a Football Podcast. Uh, Tyler, some big news happening this week, and let's get right to the biggest story of the week. Just happened. Uh, Bruce Arians is stepping down as head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, this comes right after the NFL's league meetings, which Bruce Arians was at in Palm Beach. I was also there representing the squad, along with our colleagues Jared Bell and Jory Epstein from USA Today Sports. Um, Tyler, Bruce Arians stepping down, leaving the Bucks after two seasons, or two seasons with Brady, excuse me, but I believe the three overall. Mm-hmm. And uh, Todd Bowles will assume the uh, Bucks head coaching job. He signed a five-year deal to take on that job. Um, Tyler, I'm actually, I don't know. I'm a little surprised Bruce Arians will step down, especially in this fashion, but, uh, you know, he's going to move into the front office of the Buccaneers. And, uh, to me, it's a little surprising, but I think a lot of people are going to point to maybe something dealing with Tom Brady. And I don't think this is anything of it. I think this is really Bruce Arians acting on his own and wanting to step away and getting a chance to work in the front office as well, where he won't be too far away from the game. Yeah, I mean, people always want to find some sort of drama, and I don't think there's any drama with the relationship between Tom Brady and Bruce Arians. I just think Bruce Arians, uh, he wanted to call it a career. He said in his statement that winning a Super Bowl in front of his family was, you know, the last big accomplishment that he wanted to achieve. He achieved that, and he felt as though that, you know, his head coaching career, he had enough. And uh, lucky for him, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are moving him into the uh, front office. But the bigger point to me is I will always remember Bruce Arians of being a champion for diversity. He had three, um, well, excuse me, all of his coordinators were black and he, you know, part of his succession plan was to bring a, a black man to be a, a head coach in Todd Bowles. So, you know, Bruce Arians, a very successful coach, Super Bowl winning head coach, his resume speaks for itself but I will always remember him for being a champion for diversity. He not only talked about it, but he was about it with having um, black coordinators and promoting uh, Todd Bowles to be a head coach. So bravo to Bruce Arians and uh, his, um, it's not a retirement, but I guess you could call it a promotion because head coach to front office. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's sort of a, a promotion. Yeah. So, you know, bravo to Bruce Arians on a successful head coaching career. I mean, he might end up in the Hall of Fame. Very much so. Sometimes just all you need is a Super Bowl uh, title to get in there, too. And uh, first of all, you know, I want to agree with you, Tyler. I think Bruce Arians has secured himself a permanent seat at whichever cookout he wants to go to for now on. You know, he's looked out. We've seen him have Todd Bowles as defensive coordinator and Byron Leftwich as his offensive coordinator in Tampa Bay. And look, under those two guys, Bruce Arians was really just kind of like a general, like kind of like, all right, you know, maybe uh, delegating a lot more than he was actually doing some coaching. Um, Todd Bowles, obviously, is one of the greatest defensive minds in our in our game. Um, You know, his defenses often confuse quarterbacks. They often bring a lot of pressure. 
and they're also really solid on the back end. Um, these are just trademarks of Todd Bowles' defenses. And when you look at him as a coach, you know, he had a, a round with the Jets that didn't go so well, but didn't have another opportunity to be a head coach until now. And Bruce Arians essentially, you know, stepping down after uh, the hiring cycle and the start of the new league year allows the Bucks to not really have to go through an extensive interviewing process. And they can sidestep some Rooney rule uh, rules that are in effect for uh, coaching interviews and things like that. But when you're handing it over to another black coach who's on your staff already, uh, somebody who's been on that team, who's very well respected inside that organization, um, you know, this is another win for Bruce Arians. It's a win because he, like you mentioned, is a champion for minority coaches. That right there is Hall of Fame worthy enough. Um, but also, you know, he was a champion and he allowed Todd Bowles to coach his defense in that Super Bowl uh, win that they had a couple years ago over the Chiefs. And now Todd Bowles is getting another chance to coach the NFL. Todd Bowles doesn't and, have to go to my bad, Tyler. Todd, you know, Todd Bowles doesn't have to go take some job where the coaches got fired and he has to do a whole rebuild process, you know, for that team. He gets to have a Super Bowl ready team because Tom Brady's back now. That is exactly what I was going to say. You, you read my mind. It's not often <laughs> that a head coach gets a roster ready made yeah. to win a Super Bowl, especially a black coach. Usually <laughs> they're getting bottom feeders like the Houston Texans. Okay. <laughs> yes. Or organizations that won two, three games the mm -hmm. year before, and they're stuck in a rebuild and a no win situation, really an impossible situation. So, you know, Todd Bowles, he really has, you know, a very fortunate. Uh, situation having not only Tom Brady but a, a defense that's top ten in the NFL. So I, I expect big things from the Buccaneers uh, this uh, coming season. Especially every team is in the AFC. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was talking to uh, you know people around the NFL yesterday, and it was like, man, the Bucks, the Rams, anybody else in the NFC? I think the loss of Devontae Adams with the Packers that's too much for the Packers to overcome. So it's really the Rams and the Bucks and yeah. the NFC, in my opinion. And, you know, the AFC is just going to be beating up each other for seeding and playoff positioning. So that Bruce Arians mm -hmm. and the Bucks and being in the NFC, they're in a, a very advantageous position. The Rams and the Bucks. No love for the Cardinals, Tyler? No love for no, the Cardinals? No, no love for the Cardinals. What no. about what about the San Francisco 49ers, your favorite uh, L.A. team? I, the San Francisco 49ers team. don't know what they're doing with their quarterback situation. Now I'm hearing rumblings that Jimmy G may come back. We'll get is them. Jimmy G going to be the starting quarterback <laughs> or is Trey Lance going to be the starting quarterback? Now I will say this. With, with regards to the 49ers, when I saw Trey Lance play, he looked very raw as a quarterback, and he – uh, got off his reads too quickly and started to run first. Mm -hmm. So I'm really interested if he ends up being the starter, how he develops uh, this coming season, because he was very raw uh, in that game when they played the uh, Arizona Cardinals at, uh, you know, State Farm Stadium. <laughs> and just his time as a quarterback, it just seems like he has a lot of, mm -hmm. of room to grow. Now his ceiling is high. He has right. arm strength and everything there, but, I can't give it to 49ers. I'm sorry, Sabe. I was uh, I was smiling the whole time because I really was uh, trying to give an alley oop to producer Emily because uh, this was still the the this was not going to be the 49ers portion of the podcast. I was hoping for a little help from producer Emily 
Um, you know, it's better than that. Yeah, one. There, there she oh, goes. There Lord. she goes. There she goes. That's, that's really what my, I wanted that's to not hear. Even my voice. That's that's really what I wanted to hear because we're still talking about the Bucks, Tyler. You know, so so the 49ers, huh? You don't you don't like the 49ers chance or no? <laughs> no, not at all. The 49ers are um, a playoff team. I'll give it back that. to you know, back to Tampa Bay and um Bruce Harris has retired once before. Let's let's not forget this year. He retired from coaching the Arizona Cardinals, um, took a year off, came back and coached the Buccaneers. And um, for him to get Tom Brady um, and the Buccaneers to go get Tom Brady uh, to win a Super Bowl their first year together, to be, you know, one game shy of the NFC title game last year and, uh, you know, to get Brady back. I, I think getting Brady back is an important thing for that Buccaneers franchise, too, and you know, Bruce Arians has a reputation around the league. He is as straightforward as it gets. Um, you know, he could, he was asked uh, something into the lines of, you know, did you have anything, you know, going against Brady? And he's like, I'm pretty sure every player that ever played under me might have something against me because I yell at all of them. You know, Bruce Arians did not give Tom Brady any special treatment whatsoever. When Tom Brady's throwing interceptions in those games, Bruce Arians lighting him up on the sideline. And he's talking, you know, and he's telling all the media after the games, hey, Tom Brady needs to play better. And that's as straightforward as you get. Even Tom Brady knows that when he's throwing interceptions, too. You don't need Bruce Jones to tell you that. Um, but he's brutally honest, um, and he wants the best from people. And he obviously has people's best interests at heart at all times, especially with, you know, the black coaches on his staff here, too. So I think all the talk of, of maybe, you know, Tom Brady and, you know, the flirtation with the Miami Dolphins for some reports that are, you know, two months old or could have happened two years ago, according to, you know, Brian Flores lawsuit and things like that. Uh, Tom Brady came back and the Bucks are not trading him. The Bucks don't want to trade him. Tom Brady's, I, I don't want to say stuck in Tampa Bay. It's not a bad situation to be stuck in whatsoever, but you got, they got Mike Evans still. They got Chris Godwin back. They're still filling out their offensive line. We got to get Leonard Fournette to sign again. The Dominican suit wants to come back as well. Um, you know, they still have some players that they're going to add to that roster to make it as Super Bowl ready as possible for Tom Brady and crew. But, you know, along with Todd Bowles coaching that defense and coaching the whole team, you know, Byron Leftwich did not leave. He didn't go take the Jacksonville job. He's still going to coach the Bucks offense. And Tom Brady and him worked really well together. Um, you know, there was times last year where Bruce Arians was recovering from an Achilles injury. And, uh, you know, Tom Brady and, and Byron Leftwich are there putting the offensive game plan together. And Todd Bowles is putting the defensive game plan together. And then when Bruce Arians comes in, he's like, all right, what do you guys have to say? What do you got? What, what's the plan this week? He'll take a red pen and put some stuff through some things or he'll approve most of it all altogether. So, um, you know, these are things that are these are how coaches work. You know, you have a head coach that delegates to the offense coordinator, defensive coordinator. Some head coaches taking on greater roles. Bruce Arians is not doing that. And the guys that are left in place, Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich are going to take over that Bucks franchise. And we'll see what they have. You know, this could be Brady's last season. They got one run to kind of make it all happen and get to, you know, another NFC title game in the Super Bowl. Uh, so, you know, we'll see how Tampa Bay goes this season. But am I surprised that Bruce Arians is stepping away? A little bit, a little bit, just because of the fact that, you know, I was at the league meetings here in, in Palm Beach, here in South Florida, Tyler, and I saw Bruce Arians, Jason Light, the GM for the uh, the Bucks, and they're – toasting and cheersing to each other saying they're going to work together a couple more years and so that didn't lead me to believe like Bruce Arians was going to stop coaching but um, hey they're going to work together in the front office they're going to continue to put together a roster that can compete with the rest of the NFL and it looks like it's going to be a, a, a something that works out for all the parties involved 
Well, so let me ask you a question. Well, first, uh, the Bucks did sign Leonard Fournette back, so he is coming back. Um, oh, thank you. Didn't miss that. Ron, Ronald Jones is the running back that uh, signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. Don't uh, play my music, producer Emily. But <laughs> where do you stack the Bucks in the NFC? Do you have them second? I have them second yeah. behind the Rams. Yeah, I got them second behind the Rams. I think like you mentioned before, I wrote this earlier for USA Today Sports Plus as well. Um, that's online this week coming from the league meetings as well. But the Raiders are obviously in a great position right now because of the fact that they have Devontae Adams. And mm-hmm. the... Um, you know, our, you know the, the Green Bay Packers are arguably weaker because of the fact that they don't have Devontae Adams. They're going to really need to figure out <clears throat> their uh, receiver room. They're going to have to draft a player. They're going to have to sign some players. Maybe, you know, Antonio Brown or Odell Beckham Jr. later on this season when they see what they got there. But um, the Packers are going to have to get a really, really young receiver to work really quickly with Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, guys like Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, Debo Samuels, they're freaks of nature but i think there are anomalies to the re- you know to the receiving position and how long it takes to really make an impact in the nfl um it's incredible to see the run of receivers that we've had in the last three years just kind of take over the game um but also it's hard for the packers or any team in the nfl to expect any of these guys coming out of the draft no matter how talented they are to produce the same the way that you know a guy like jamar chase did last year too so um, I got the Rams first because they're the defending champions. I got the Bucks second. Um, I mean, uh, you can't. Who do you put first? Third, pa- yeah, third is a toss up. Who do you put? The Packers or the Cowboys or the Cardinals? I think the Cowboys got worse <clears throat> this offseason. Yeah, the Cowboys definitely did get worse this offseason. Um, and the NFC. I want to see what open. the Packers do in the draft and how they replace Devonte Adams. I know they're going to draft a receiver. <clears throat> And then, you know, you know, you still have Jarvis Landry. You have Odell Beckham, who are, uh, you know, free agents. Maybe yeah. the Packers, you know, sign one of them or both. Mm-hmm. That would be good. So I still think the Packers probably are number three, followed by the Dallas Cowboys. I'm just, I'm just but looking, it's a toss-up. I'm looking at all these NFC teams, Tyler. Like, <laughs> who's, who's behind the Cowboys in the NFC East? Giants, Eagles, maybe Washington, Com- NFC, NFC North? NFC North, like, you know, is Minnesota going to do something finally with, with Detroit and Chicago behind the Green Bay? No, no. And, NFC South, I mean, it's just the Bucks. Everybody's looking up at the Bucks, And and if Deshaun Watson went into that division, maybe, uh, you know, that team, whether it was Atlanta, Carolina, or the Saints, they would have been third in this conversation we're having now. Um, nothing to I think the Saints are a playoff team, <clears throat> yeah. but uh, a wild card team for sure. I think, um, but yeah, I, the NFC man. I think that I think the 49ers might have the best chance, especially if they bring Jimmy G back. And you were mentioning some of those talks there from, you know, Kyle Shanahan this week that you know uh, Jimmy G has a shoulder surgery that he has to uh, that he did have this offseason already. Um, and the 49ers have been open to trading Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, they wanted to trade him, but the sol- the surgery is obviously a hiccup for most teams. Wanting to get a quarterback, obviously you don't want to trade for a quarterback when his arm was just, uh, you know, opened up. But um, we'll see. The 49ers can keep him around. Jimmy G's owed a major bag, so I don't think they want to do that. But I think some team in the next couple months or so, especially if they don't hit on a quarterback in the draft, could come calling. And um, 
I think the 49ers also have to wait to see if Baker Mayfield is going to make a move too. The Browns don't seem in a rush to move him. The Seahawks don't seem like they're in a rush to go get him either. I think a lot of teams want to figure out what's going on with the draft and who's going to take Malik Willis and Matt Car- uh, Corral and Kenny Pickett and then kind of figure out their situations from there. I love my Ravens. I don't know who the hell put in that false narrative out that I'm having thoughts about leaving. Stop trying to read my mind. <laughs> Roll the eyes. You guys heard it. That's Tyler Dragon reading Lamar Jackson's tweet this week. Uh, Lamar Jackson's in a really interesting contract situation, Tyler, which um, I don't want to say we haven't seen before, but we're all kind of wondering when is he going to sign an extension? Uh, Lamar Jackson's, you know, 25 years old, won an MVP in his second season in the NFL. I believe he's the youngest ever to win the MVP when he did so in 2019. Um, But this season, he's going to enter the fifth year of his rookie contract. So we got the fifth year option. It's going to pay him 23 million this year. So very far from the 50 million that Aaron Rodgers got um, and some other other guys that have some uh, new deals this year, like Matt Stafford. But um, it's really interesting because it's been about a year since Lamar Jackson could have negotiated an extension with the Ravens. And, you know, they haven't come to an agreement yet on a new money deal. And, uh, you know, some other guys have gotten some deals, too, like Josh Allen, like Patrick Mahomes, who's the $500 million man, like Aaron Rodgers, um, and like Matt Stafford, like I mentioned there, too. So I don't know if Lamar Jackson's waiting for another domino to fall or – the Ravens are going to get to something this offseason, but it's really unique to have a quarterback of his caliber entering the last year of his deal, and he's not on a contract after this season. Yeah, Lamar Jackson is you know, playing a dangerous game uh, considering his style of play is susceptible to uh, a multitude of hits. Uh, he likes to scramble, and, I mean, he gets hit way too often. I, I've been getting on Lamar Jackson since he entered the league that needs to slide more. Um, now, with that being said, you know, the price tag for upper echelon quarterbacks, you know, it's going up high. Yeah. Deshaun Watson just got $230 million guaranteed, and Lamar Jackson one. is in that same category as a Deshaun Watson. You can make a legitimate case that Lamar Jackson is better than Deshaun Watson. I mean, Lamar has an MVP award, um, and Deshaun does not, so... I mean, $230 million guaranteed. Is Lamar going to get that? Is he going to, you know, take a team-friendly deal? But, you know, if I'm Lamar, and he is his own agent, so that has to be said as well. He does not have an agent. He represents himself. Um, he's going to have to really think long and hard about, is he doing himself a disservice for not um, negotiating a deal this offseason before the season starts because god forbid he gets hurt yeah. and if he gets hurt i mean he might lose some of that money and he gets hit more than any other quarterback in the league because he likes to run the football so lamar J- jackson if i had to give him some advice i mean really think about your money situation and the quarter i mean yes the price tags keep on going up for quarterbacks but i, I really think he needs to you know think okay Sean Watson got this. I'm on that tier. So I need to get that type of money. And he needs to negotiate a new deal quick, fast, and in a hurry, in my opinion. So the Ravens were obviously asked about this at league meetings this week. Ravens owner Steve Bacotti said, you know, when Lamar's ready, we'll pay him when he's ready. 
All I know is that his teammates love him. The front office loves him. So it's like, you keep doing what you do, Lamar, and we'll make it work. And also John Harbaugh, the Ravens coach, said he's confident it's going to happen. I know he's going to be our quarterback. Also, John Harper signed a three-year deal this year, too. So I think Lamar Jackson is waiting to see what the Ravens can offer him because, look, Aaron Rodgers is getting $50 million annually. Deshaun Watson is going to get $46 million annually. Patrick Mahomes at $45 million annually. Josh Allen is at 43 And Dak Prescott and Matthew Stafford are at 40 The next up is $35 million for Kirk Cousins and Russell Wilson. So he's definitely in that range. And like I mentioned before, he's making $23 million. So about a good 18 mil on the table here for Lamar Jackson waiting for him somewhere. Uh, he needs to hurry up and make a deal happen for himself. I think he doesn't go into this season without a new deal. I mean, this could stretch out right now. It's, you know, beginning about to be the beginning of April. Um, this could go into, you know, training camp. I don't think it's going to be a situation where Lamar doesn't show up for camp or has a camp dispute. The Ravens won't want that. And you don't want your quarterback in that kind of situation when you're trying to get ready for a season. But um, look, Lamar has four months to kind of make this happen. I don't think there's any rush for him to make it happen. But also, I really don't know if there's any false narrative that he wants to leave the Ravens. I think he understands the situation he's in. I think it's a pretty good one for him as a quarterback. I really want to know what his strategy is, because, I mean, it's been reported that the Ravens have tried to approach him, but he is not interested in negotiating a new contract right now. So why mm-hmm. is that? He's been mum when asked that question. And all we know is, you know, I read the tweet, he wants to be a Baltimore Raven. Okay. Well, why aren't you well, <laughs> negotiating a new contract? Well, I'm Tyler, confused. did you hear did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said? Aaron Rodgers skin fifty mil. Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, 45 mil. Josh Allen, 43 mil. Why haven't the Ravens locked him up? Why is Lamar Jackson not signing a deal? He's not getting that much money from the Ravens right now. That's probably the you most know, logical. You don't think he is? Yeah, he would have signed already if he did. Right, well, Tyler? I mean, I, I agree with that, but the Ravens <laughs> are saying that they have approached him, but Lamar Jackson doesn't want to talk about a new contract yet. No. So, did you, so just... I'm not sure if they have thrown numbers out at him. At this point, but if that's the case, then yeah, I agree with you. Lamar Jackson should say, "Okay, uh, holla <laughs> yeah. at me when when that when uh, that money talking right." <laughs> listen, if it's if yeah, I think this is exactly what's happening with Lamar okay. Jackson. Because look, if they're not offering him forty and up, what are the Ravens doing right here? You know, yep. what are they doing? Everybody else in the market and up, you know, of his talent level are making forty three and up. And if the Ravens are not coming with that kind of bag, Lamar Jackson say, "All right." You know what? I played my last year on this. If I get hurt, okay, so be it. I'm going to get better. You know, I, I'm not hurting for money. I'm not strapped for cash here. Uh, and then if I want to be a free agent and somebody else wants to pay me the money that you guys want to pay me, by all means, I could be a free agent. Um, you also could probably get franchise tag, too, from the Ravens, yeah, which I don't think he wants tag. to do. Go he'll get your bag, Lamar tag. Jackson. Go get your bag, Lamar Jackson. We'll make sure it's 43 and up. Because everybody else is making that so far, and See, I, I he's in the upper echelon of that. I hear what you're saying, but I don't think the Ravens are lowballing Lamar Jackson. I just think he's not negotiating deal. But I can see a scenario where you know what you're saying is true. But it's just to me, I, I've been hearing that he just doesn't want to negotiate a deal. And if the Ravens are lowballing him, I mean, no quarterback means more to their franchise more than Lamar Jackson because sure. without Lamar Jackson. I mean, that team probably has to play a totally mm-hmm. different style. So 
I mean, it, it's it's hard for me to believe the Ravens <laughs> are going to lowball him considering yeah. what he means to that franchise. And unless he wants a team-friendly deal, the Ravens have to pay him uh, upwards of uh, $40 million annually. All right, we got some good news for some football fans out there, mainly, Tyler, the Buffalo Bills fans. Hey, Bills Mafia, Josh Allen's going to get the ball again if he's in overtime, all right? Uh, the NFL passed Too him little over- too late. Too little too late, I'm sorry. But the NFL passed some overtime rules um, this week at their league meetings. So now both teams will get the football in overtime after the first team scores a touchdown. So this was a real huge topic of debate, Tyler, because of the way the Chiefs and Bills game ended during the playoffs this year. Uh, we saw the Bills take the lead <clears throat> and, uh, you know, tie the game with about 13 seconds left in regulation. Then they won the coin toss and scored a touchdown on their first possession of overtime and eliminated the Bills. Poor Josh Allen was sitting on the sideline and hopeless, helpless, could do nothing about it, didn't have another opportunity to hold the football. Uh, while his defense squirmed away their best chance probably at a Super Bowl. Um, so now the NFL decided, okay, 29 teams out of 32 teams voted for it and said, in the postseason only, we don't really care about the regular season. We'll take ties, whatever. It's who cares. But in the regu- in the off- in the postseason, excuse me, uh, we want to get the ball back if the first team scores a touchdown. I wanted to get your reaction on this, Tyler. I have to say, I have always wanted the NFL to adopt the college football overtime rules. I want both teams to get the ball on the 30-yard line and duke it out that way. I believe the college football overtime rules, they're perfect. They uh, add excitement. Mm -hmm. And there's never any ties in college football. (laughs) (laughs) Now, as far as uh, the, the new overtime rule in the NFL, I mean, yes, I agree with it. Uh, the coin toss should not influence a game as much as it does, especially um, in the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. Both teams, I do think, deserve a possession, considering all the rules in today's NFL cater the offense. So the defense really doesn't have a chance. So if you get the football in overtime, I mean, the NFL wants you to score points. Yeah. You can't touch receivers as a cornerback. You can't <laughs> touch receivers as a defensive back. You can barely hit quarterbacks. So all the rules favorite offense. So you're more than likely going to score unless you just have this fierce, top-notch defense. So if all the rules are going to cater to offense, then give both offenses a chance to score. I don't know, Tyler. Uh, I'm kind of a – you know, there was one of the three teams that voted against overtime rule. You know who they were, Tyler? Who? The Cincinnati Bengals. You want to know why they voted against the overtime rule? Because their defense stopped Patrick Mahomes after the Chiefs won the coin toss, and their offense came back and scored a touchdown to get them to the Super Bowl. Uh, I I mean, I understand the coin tosses being a defining thing here, and it's really because of the fact that you're giving the ball to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are winning the coin toss, all right? Uh, No team wants to be on the other side of that spectrum, but one team that was the Bengals, who saw the Chiefs win the coin toss, played defense, all right? I know what the this game is obviously catered towards the offense, and maybe we're going to have, you know, teams trading touchdowns back and forth and overtime here, but uh, defense 
win championships. That's the old adage people want to say. If the Bills would have stopped the Chiefs from tying the game in regulation, they would have won that game. And if they would have stopped them on the first possession of overtime, they would have beat the Chiefs. Instead, the Bengals beat the Chiefs because why? They play defense. Uh, maybe I'm maybe old school on this too. I do agree. I'm happy for the fact that the you know the other team will get the ball, but also hmm, play some damn defense, Tyler. Play some defense. I, I agree. <laughs> defense does win championships, but it takes a special defensive performance or special defensive play to stop a team in overtime. The Bengals had an interception. Aaron yeah. Donald was the best player on the field in the Super Bowl. It takes a, a special like performance when every single rule caters the offense. Mm-hmm. And then, so why couldn't the Bills' defense be special they in 13 special. seconds? <laughs> and why couldn't they be special in overtime? So they weren't after all, right? So, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's this is obviously really geared towards the fans. I think everybody, mm-hmm. um, you know, I wrote this after that, that Bills-Chiefs game. You know, Josh Allen deserved a chance to try to win the game again for his team. He should have got the ball back. I'm on that sense of like give everybody a, an equal chance, I guess. And look, the, the it's funny because, you know, I asked Andy Reid about this or Andy Reid was asked about this league meetings this weekend. You know, he was on the positive side of beating the Bills a couple years ago when um, uh, the, uh, Tom Brady came down the field and beat the Chiefs in the AFC title game their first year before the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. So he's been on both spectrums of it. He was on the same spectrum when the Bengals beat him, too. Um, it really comes down to the play on the field, I think, more so than the coin toss. But I think this is probably better for the fans. It's better for the outcome of the game. If you give Josh Allen another chance, maybe the Chiefs defense stops him. Maybe, uh, you know, the Bills get a stop after they trade touchdowns. Who knows? But maybe at least to a more complete game or, or, or a game where we feel like we don't, we're, we're not cheated out of an outcome. Like I felt like maybe some fans felt we were cheated because Josh Allen didn't get the football again. See the college overtime rule. This solves all the problems. Stop it. All you need to do is adopt that college overtime rule. It's the best overtime we have in sports. I mean, we need to make Tyler. Tyler, you should have been the lead meanest. We should have made you commissioner in I charge of the overtime rules. I could have been on the beach. Chilling. Chilling. I saw you on the beach. Yeah, I'm going to go right here after this podcast too, Tyler. <laughs> Lucky for you. So we're going to mix things up a little bit this week. I miss seeing your competitive spirit. The The camaraderie is too strong here. I need a little bit of rivalry between our hosts on It's a Football Podcast with Tyler and Safed here. We're going to do a game here, and um, it's, it's who said what. We've had league meetings. We've had introductory press conferences. A lot of people saying a lot of words. So I'm going to go direct a question at each of you. You get a chance to answer. If you answer wrong, it goes to the opponent. And, um, yeah, we'll see who who knows what's actually being said around the league here. You guys ready? I'm ready, Tyler. I'm I, ready. I, I have some things. I have, I'm, I, I'm undefeated versus Sophis. Yeah, I'm I know. I, I need to get my first <laughs> win out here. I feel like the Texans out here. All right, let's start off with Tyler. I think this is an easy one. Uh, I'll let you see, though. So this uh, week, who said it's tough, but if somebody comes at you with a lot of money – it changes. I mean, anybody could say that. <laughs> it's tough as somebody comes at you with a lot of mm. money. Wow. Emily, Emily, I'm about to go 1-0 on the board. There's a reason you didn't ask me this question. Uh, I'm going to have to get a countdown clock. <laughs> Tyler, why do you think I know this? And you, Why do you think I know this one? Oh, the Dolphins coach, Mike McDaniel. 
Do you have a guess? You were very close, Tyler. You're very close. This was, in fact, Tyreek Hill, Tyler. This was Tyreek Hill talking about leaving the Chiefs. And he told me, you know what? If a lot of people you know, offer you a lot of money, things could change. See, that's not fair. Safi was at the press conference. I wasn't even there. I'm, I'm up one to know. I'm up one to know. Thank you, Emily. Hey, I tried to give you a chance there, Tyler, by giving it to you first without giving it to Safed. Clearly, it was zip. a little bit harder. I do want to mention, I do want to say Tyler is playing hurt a little bit here. He's doing his Michael Jordan. Boo. No excuses. No excuses. No excuses. No handicap. One zero on the board. <laughs> All let's right. Go. Let's move on to the next one here. All right. So this one is. This was just an opportunity that I felt like I couldn't pass up. I waited a long time to try to have an opportunity to do this. Hmm. I wonder who said this. Wonder who said this. A lot of things to pass You're up. You're looking it up. A lot of Im- yeah. I'm Sam is looking right it up. Whoa! No, no, I'm not looking it up. I'm not looking it up. Who has an opportunity here this off season, Tyler? That now has a greater opportunity than they did before. So I'll give you a hint because you gave Tyler a hint. This is a coach. This is a coach. Oh, so this is a new coach who has an opportunity before. I'm going to go with Raiders coach Josh McDaniels. Ooh. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Wow. Wow. Oh. Wow. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Some of these are pretty generic. I wanted to make them hard because I know you guys know the league. So just know they're hard because I, I believe in you. So, Tyler, the next one is to you. Which, and I'll tell you it's a player, said, I didn't like everything I heard, but you don't always like what you hear sometimes. I almost want to say Deshaun Watson, but I don't think it's him. I'll just say Deshaun Watson. I know I'm going to get it wrong. Safa, do you have a guess? Uh, I actually don't have a guess. I'm not sure who may have, which player was introduced. This is where I think, Tyler, we got to use the contest clues here. Which player was introduced? We already got Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill. They're not going to be it. New quarterback. You said Deshaun Watson. Um, Matt Ryan was introduced. Who said what about Matt Ryan? I'm trying to think who, bro. I I have no idea. All right. I'm going to call times up on that. You should have said Matt Ryan. You should have gone confidently with it. It was Matt Ryan. So I was right. You didn't. You didn't lock in the answer. I'm not doing it to you. Three and zero. Oh. I'm up three no. and zero oh on you, Tyler. Who no. You're two. two. You said I'm. You said I'm correct. But that was Matt was Ryan in his introductory press conference with the Colts. You were so close, Tyler. The things that he heard involved the fact that the Falcons had been talking to Deshaun Watson, had even asked him to move the talks for his bonus up to Tuesday wow. to grab the weekend. It didn't work out. And that's really soured our relationship. And now Matt Ryan gets to follow in one of his idols' footsteps of Peyton Manning and taking his talents to Indianapolis. So that was Matt Ryan not liking what he heard, but ready to move on. All right, so we're going to move on. This might be my favorite quote of this entire game. We have two more left. Safed, this starts with you. Which player said, "It really felt like I broke up with my girlfriend, and she didn't do it, and she didn't do anything to me." She was good to me, and I had to break up with her to choose another girlfriend. Wow. (laughs) 
You know what? Some players often say this <laughs> in real weird. life, Tyler. It's a, to, it's, it's a little weird. It's a little weird. Somebody's got to be really weird. Look at Tyler picking on his keyboard. See who said this. <laughs> I don't blame you, Tyler. Which player said this? Which player was upset about breaking up with his girlfriend? <clears throat> I can't tell you, stop it. I don't I th- know. I think it's Devontae Adams. No. Nah. Devontae Adams broke up with his girlfriend, Aaron Rodgers. And, uh, ooh, so who was introduced? Who said this recently, Tyler? Which player, which player left his team? So many players left their teams this year. Right. So many players left their teams this year. Um, I'm going to say Von Miller. Because I don't think he wanted to leave that way. Woo! Tyler! Porto! You are correct, and you can check out what Safed thinks about Von Miller and the Bills' chances now that he is in Buffalo. But this is after uh, Von Miller joined Buffalo and was traded from the Rams, uh, signing six-year, one hundred twenty million dollar deal. He's not a he. He doesn't doesn't dislike the Rams. They didn't do anything wrong, but apparently there's something nicer, shinier, uh, more interesting out there. Yeah, a hundred twenty million of shiny things out there for Von Miller now, uh, but obviously Tyler, like you, like we, you know, you said, Bruce or Emily, uh, he didn't want to leave the Rams. He just won a Super Bowl with them. So, I use some context clues there. I love this game. Money talks. All right, so got the bag. That is three <laughs> to Safed, zero to Tyler. Really I'll throw four. this one out. I should have le- ended on my favorite quote, but. I want to give you a chance, Tyler, for something. So this one, this is a team owner, and he said, everyone has their kryptonite. There's always some honing you've got to do and talking about you need a little bit more of this. This is an owner talking about his GM and coach. See, that sounds like a Jerry Jones quote, but he is the GM and the owner, so I can't go with Jerry Jones. Maybe producer Emily didn't tell you that. Maybe you got it right. Hmm. Hmm. Ain't no owner talking as much as Jerry Jones is, so. <laughs> right. Shad Khan. This is also a team that's already been mentioned again before oh. one of these quotes. Hmm. Uh, Mark Davis. It's, I think I think it's Jim Irsay. It is Jim Irsay. That's oh. Stafford going four and zero. Oh. Five and zero, oh, five and zero, oh, really five and zero. Oh. Not giving you the match. I got a sweep, clean, clean sweep, Tyler. What happened to you today, man? I'm playing hurt. That's what happened. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I'm kicking you while you're down, Tyler. I'm taking full advantage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought it was Jim Mersey. Uh, you, you got to think about owners that talk, man. A lot of these owners weren't talking this week. That a lot of them true. weren't talking this week. That is true. Some of us were at the league meetings and some of us weren't, so they had a, a decided advantage. Oh, here we go. Sore loser, Tyler. I love it. Give me it. Give me it. Give me all your sore losing ways, Tyler. Whatever. 5-0, <laughs> Emily. 5-0. Congratulations, Safed. You were able to come back after Tyler beat you twice in picking the teams during the regular and postseason. Why you got to bring up old stuff, We have two very talented insiders at USA Today Sports (laughs) And we'll spend some of the offside season doing some more of these games so Tyler can rest, recover, get healthy, and uh, maybe make a comeback here. Thank you. I need a second chance. (laughs) I want a rematch. (laughs) More games. More games for the podcast, Producer Emily. Let's get more games in the the 
rest of the offseason here. But we'll wrap it up here this week uh, for Tyler Dragon and myself. Thank you for uh, listening to another edition of It's a Football Podcast brought to you by USA Today Sports Plus. If you haven't already, download our app in your Apple Store and in Google Play. We want you to fan harder with USA Today Sports Plus. It's a football podcast. Find it now on the USA Today Sports Plus app, where the biggest fans fan harder. Shut up.